Jeffrey Foster. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Wednesday morning. Guys, it is the penultimate day of March. Our favorite thing to say on the second to last day of months to sound really smart. Second to last of anything. Really, yes. March 30th, 2022. 39 degrees. Some real garbagey weather coming your way today. Cloudy. Low 40s. Windy. Ugh. It was nice. We got got the uh, got the wind with the warmth yesterday. Today we just get uh, uh, crummy, crummy spring weather, and uh, it looks like we'll warm up a little bit as we uh, get into the weekend, though. So that's that is nice. See, we got a good show for you today. It's Wednesday. That means your chance to get it off your chest with what chaps your hide Wednesday. Uh, it is, uh, yeah, it's that opportunity to uh, tell someone who cares that little thing uh, or maybe big thing that just drives you nuts that nobody else seems to want to hear from you. Well, you can tell us what that is, get it off your chest, and be a more pleasant person throughout the course of the rest of the day. So you can take advantage of that by giving us a text, the Restown Recognition text line, 402-479-1400 with your chaps. Uh, or go to facebook.com slash LNK today. We'll also the phone, open up the phone lines at 710 at that same number. So you can uh, listen for that. Uh, also today, Morning Drive, cut down the five things that you're talking about today. Uh, we're going to talk to Mike Chandra uh, today. Um, he, he is um, with uh, with an agency that deals with problem gambling in the capital. He's got a really interesting story about gambling addiction and just happens to come on the same day when we're discussing some of the legislative uh, maneuvers regarding casinos as well. And so we're going to do that at 810. And then at 835, John Bishop is going to join us. Fresh off calling Nebraska baseball, getting uh, <laughs> getting another tough L last night against Creighton. Uh, he did the uh, Nebraska public media broadcast. If you were watching that last night, so he did a good job of not being a Creighton homer. I thought he did. He did. He, I mean, he's a he's a people forget he's a Nebraska graduate and also called Nebraska baseball for a, yeah. was the play by play guy for a bunch of years though uh, as well. And and he was teamed with Jeff Lisey, who. Former Husker player, so um, fun to watch until the end of the game when it all fell apart <laughs> in some of the dumbest ways possible. But nonetheless, here we are today. Good morning, Mark Vale. How are you doing today? Hi. Uh, big big day of legislative news yes, yesterday. A lot, lot out of the Unicam. Um, so I mean, just kind of going through some of it. The budget is on the governor's desk right now. Yes. So waiting for either line item vetoes. Or to sign the whole thing, or or whatever he wants to do with it. At this point, it's a little bit more of a spending increase than he said he wanted to see. Senator said because of what's going on with the economy, that was that was necessary. And I'm talking like he wanted to see three percent, and it was like three point two, three point three percent in terms of the increase. Now, in terms of the specificities that are in it, it it does include. Sort of the beginnings of a few large projects that were that have been talked about and debated about pretty significantly over the course of this session, including a new prison, uh, including the water projects, the the canal and the lake. There would essentially be not 
not the official beginning of those projects, but sort of the, the seed money to begin what needs to happen for those yeah, projects. They, they need some studies done. Right. And so meanwhile, you've got this going, but you still don't have, you still don't have, um, a kind of a, uh, a, a sure path for the tax reform changes. No, that got kind of through. blown out of the uh, water a little bit earlier this week, and they're still trying to, piece that back together that the one of course was uh, senator brett lindstrom's i guess almost signature uh, efforts to remove taxes from social security benefits mm-hmm. uh that uh, fell uh he's trying to get it attached to another uh, spending plan yep and then and then of course with what the revenue committee has been doing and uh but uh, i guess the sort of the layman's way to put it is that custom would not normally allow after uh, allow that bill to come back um after it it procedurally got stood up uh, in the in the full legislature but evidently they're still working behind the scenes and i don't claim to know the details of how this this sort of parliamentary procedure works to make this happen but they're trying to still find a way to get it back some version of it back on the floor it, here it, this it, year it actually wasn't scuttled it was filibustered and yes, so that's what yeah that so the that it it can still stay active and just be attached to something else yeah and and so perhaps that's what they're going to do but getting back to the uh getting back to the budget here and then an an additional vote on a separate bill regarding the uh the water projects was uh, got quite a bit of support from the legislature as well. A few no votes. There was certainly some debate on the floor, but I mean, we're Mark. We're getting close to this uh, this lake thing. At least the the beginning, the process. And there are a lot of snags it could hit oh, yeah. going forward. I mean, I could, uh, but the the first steps officially being taken for this lake between Lincoln and Omaha to uh, to happen, and the vote yesterday. And and the potential signing of the budget by Governor Ricketts would at least greenlight the the beginning if that stands up when the when the bill about the lake itself goes to a final vote in front of the full legislature. Yeah, and you know they're down to the proverbial short straws. Nine days is all yeah. they've got, mm-hmm. so they've got to get this thing moving. But yes, I was to be quite frank from a personal standpoint, I was surprised that these large water projects actually are are getting uh, a little uh, headway uh, and. I kind of was too. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised, and and you know we'll see what happens on on final reading. Um, but I was I, I was a little bit surprised too that that um, especially with the lake, yeah, <laughs> that the lake would do it. Now here's here's the reality of the situation. Even if you did have that bill go through, even if you did have the governor sign the the budget that allocates some dollars to the study in the beginning of those plans. You still have to have a lot of other. They're, they're going to try and figure out what the environmental impacts will be, how it could affect Lincoln's water, which I guess we probably all all care about fairly significantly. Uh, they're going to figure out. The, apparently, they say they don't have an exact location of it. I, I mean, I've seen some proposed some renderings of it, some renderings, but maybe that's still subject to change. And then, of course, Mark, you, uh, people own that land right now. Sure. <laughs> 
Yeah. Wherever it's going to go, people own. This is not. It's not a bunch of state-owned land that this would go on, and so you've got to acquire that land. Uh, there was some discussion yesterday about whether or not eminent domain would be used, and if that's a good look for the state or not. Um, it's it's uh, Speaker Hilger's bill, and he said uh, he planned and hoped that, that they would not have to use eminent domain. But I guess it's hard. It's hard to know exactly what that process is going to look like exactly until it actually starts. Uh, so you've got that. And then you, there's a lot, even though there's a, some of the funding that's going into this would be state tax dollars, a, a large, a large chunk, a huge chunk of it. They need to somehow, somehow needs to come from other sources and how that works. I don't know exactly. Um, well, so they were looking at, at possibilities using some of the ARPA funds. Right, but then it kind of got moved over to the budget, right. basically. So, um, but I think, I mean, the, from from what they said during the debate yesterday, that they expect it to be funded in uh, largely in ways other than other than state government that goes along with this. And and well, I, I don't see how that's going to happen, but maybe they we'll see got the magic money tree. Uh, and there was also an amendment to the bill that would make sure that all portions of the lake would be. Uh, available to the public and not a, a private right. private area as well. So nonetheless, I, I am still going to go check out some jet skis today, today just in case. Okay. I, and, of course, I'd, I'd just look at two. I mean, Megan's not going to go out and let you go out alone. Yeah, she can come. She, I mean, yeah, oh, I don't know. Get she, two jet skis. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Oh, oh, get two jet Oh, I got to get a his and hers? Yeah. Okay. And a, a dual trailer. Okay. Okay, and, and and make sure that the trailer has the waterproof LED uh, lighting system on it. Okay, wow. All right, I was getting more detail than I thought. I mean, I'm just looking right now, Mark. I'm just browsing. Yeah, but you got to plan just ahead. to be ready. Just to be ready gotta, for uh, when the legislature acts. Got to plan ahead. I, get, I, get, I am. Uh, I'm torn on this thing a little because I, I given where we are right now, expending. Expending a bunch of state funds on this, it just feels like they're just where we are right now with everything. There, are, the question remains: Okay, what could you do instead of this? What is the opportunity cost for these dollars instead of this? But there's also there. I mean, I mean, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. There's also a part of me that'd be like, this would be great. This would be. I mean, this would be great. Not only you know, in a selfish personal way. To have something like this so close, um, and a, a kind of a recreation area, lakes are sweet, uh, and and then the obviously the the kind of the economic impact, the tourism impact that it it could potentially bring as well. So it's sort of like my head and my heart are in a battle over this one. Yeah, this one I'm I'm actually more interested in the Perkins County Canal. Yeah, can uh, you can you give just like a real, I mean, just a real layman's explanation of what that ha- the Colorado water supply and what wh- how that works exactly? Well, like, I, I can give you a thirty thousand foot view because okay. I, I don't know all the specifics. But back in 1923, there was a compact signed with Colorado that made the Platte River water available to both states, and that Nebraska was to get a certain amount. Um, I, I think all winter, summer, some. That's where it gets a little confused mm-hmm. in my mind. The details. Mm-hmm. But uh, Colorado has uh, gone ahead and started planning to use way more of the water, and basically Nebraska would not be getting much of anything. And so Nebraska needs to get the, this diversion 
water into some type of storage facility. Uh, so you're taking the water before it gets to Colorado is what you're well, saying. Well, actually taking it from Colorado okay. because it goes through Colorado, but it's stopping them from eliminating Nebraska's water availability. Okay. And I think it's like 500, 5,000 cubic feet per second or something like that. And that's significant, especially when it comes to agriculture and cities uh, and the Ogallala water uh, aquifer. So, Colorado's not going to get mad and like ban, sure ban Nebraskans from going up to get a cabin in the mountain in Estes Park or something, are well, they? They may, they may but I want to still be able to do that. Well, that's a great place to go in like July or August. You may have to to take your residency to Colorado, pay the high taxes out there, and then commute to Lincoln. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, commute every morning. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, weekly. I got. We'll see. We'll see what's happening with the Beatrice real estate market. I'm not sure. Yeah, got to see what I'm going to do with the uh, the old vacation home right now. So we got that, and then we got a veto on the uh, on the, the rental. federal rental assistance yeah. funds. Uh, my guess is, with where that vote was the first time, they're not going to have the votes to. I wouldn't o- override think so. That, and there's still 30 million from the first round available in uh, Nebraska. So. Uh, you know, that money, it's not free money. Everybody says uh, it comes from the uh, federal government. Well, it comes from us, the taxpayers. Right, but it's going somewhere else if it isn't coming. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather, I, I mean, I'd rather help Nebraskans than help people in, in Nevada or one of all the other states that accepted it. So there's only two. This would, I think Nebraska would be the second that didn't yep, accept Arkansas it. Arkansas is the other one. Arkansas and Nebraska. Um, so it's still, I mean, it's it, it's out there. It's out there to use, but nonetheless, I don't think it's going to happen. Just looking at the votes from that from that first time around. Yep. So absolutely, and and it was interesting, uh, you know, coming off of Sunday night's event, uh, Chris Rock, I guess, told somebody that uh, he really didn't know what Will Smith was planning on doing as he was walking up there. But he said, just then it hit him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the topical the topical dad jokes lately are really impressive. I mean these are obviously ones that you had to do some new work on. I'm I'm very impressed. Very impressed with that. Uh, and and Caleb, I know you're going to get more into this more in sports, but man, really feels like Nebraska baseball let one get away last night that they shouldn't have with stranded runners and falling down, going to first base and getting picked off first base. And Creighton was just, doing their best to. Helped Nebraska yesterday. Yeah. Five airs. Yeah, they were throwing the ball all over uh, the place. Kicked it all over, kept throwing it over first base, uh, pass balls from the catcher. You get late in the game and there's airs, or you've got runners on the corners and no outs. Just can't put the ball in play. Can't. It, 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 there, just about any way that you wanted that game to go wrong at the plate, it was gonna, it was going wrong yesterday. Yeah. The hitting is the, the the hitting and especially the clutch hitting is really a problem. This Two for year. fifteen, yeah. runners in scoring position. <sighs> not good, Clark. Not good, not good. So Nebraska now regroups and uh, who do they have this weekend? Ohio right? State. Ohio, oh, Ohio State. Okay, heading up to Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State. Uh, I will say this though: shout out Nebraska softball. They're still rolling Ooh, along. Yeah, absolutely. I mean demoralized Creighton yesterday <laughs> uh and they are uh they're a hot team right now man it was it, from the get-go it was like six runs in the first inning or something yeah this sort of I mean now it's it's all three sports season now where we've had this 
men's sports and women's sports sort of divide in terms of success. And yeah. we're seeing, we, I didn't think that, I mean, it was there in the fall, it was there in the winter, and now it's starting to look like it's going to be there in the spring. Yeah, which is just—it's <laughs> bizarre how consistent it's been with those two things. And softball's at home this weekend, so folks, folks well, want to well, go should out be pretty good. Watch That'd them. be good. Go out to Bowling Stadium. I should take my take my uh, fam out there. Yeah, sixties sixties this weekend. It looks like so starting to get better. And we've got much madness results. That grudge match between Norms on Forty Eighth and Denton Daily Double. Probably the headliner. Does the marquee continue out there on South Forty Eighth? I will tell you this. Yesterday, the voting between Norms and Denton had the most votes of any matchup so far this tournament. All right, <laughs> all right, and then, uh, not to not to overlook the other the other matchup you're going to give us the results of, but that's Fireworks and Penelope's. Right, right, and, and of course so, that then we start eat eight voting today. Yeah. So in four minutes we will know. The final eight restaurants standing, yep. the official Eat Eight. And a couple of uh, Husker basketball announcements yesterday. Oh, yeah, how did I miss that? We did have good news. Really good news. Yeah. Caleb will tell you what those are <laughs> coming up in sports. I was very excited about both of those. All right, it's 625. We'll grab a break. 39 degrees, cloudy skies in the capital city on 1400 KLIN. Just Bree Foster. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, 637. Hold on, will you, will you tell the, the story you just told me off the air? Yeah, this is so cool. um, I've had the same bank since I was in high school, yeah. and it's just become slightly inconvenient that it's back in central Nebraska. Right. Um, so yesterday I went and opened an account at the University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. Okay. You know, our sponsors for Munch right. Madness. I say their name enough times. Yeah. Um, it's just... That's how advertising works, by the way, guys. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it even works on people on the show. It worked on me. Look how effective our radio station is. You're even you're even selling it, telling your stuff to the hosts. It just should uh, it should really make you think about it. They earwormed me, um, but I went and opened up an account, and uh, as I was opening it up, I was talking. I was like, they're like, well, how did you decide on us? And I was like, well. I hear it all the time, for one, but I, I went and looked on some stuff online. But um, as I was setting it up, the, the lady and I we were talking about Munch Madness, and she said all of them for the University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union were assigned restaurants at the beginning of it. And hers she was assigned yesterday was Denton Daily Double. Okay. And one of her friends was assigned, as she said, someplace we'd never heard of, but it was like a gas station. I said, Norm's on 48th. She goes, yeah. I go, you guys are actually going against each other. So today. assigned as in they win some, like a... So, so they get, and you see this at, at some uh, bigger offices at the beginning of like the NCAA yeah. basketball tournament. They get assigned a school, and if that school basketball team goes on to win, they get a gift card or a prize. Well, it sounds like they get a gift card to said restaurant oh, nice. if that is the restaurant that nice. ends up winning Munch Madness. Very cool. Very cool. That's fun. That's a good way to do it too for you, uh, for you bigger offices. It's been fun this year. It has been really, <laughs> really fun this year. As much fun as I've had with Munch Madison. That's saying 
quite a bit. But if you missed it, your Eat 8 is now completely set. And it is as follows. Uh, Caleb, I can't find your tweet now. So uh, That's okay. In the uh, Northwest region, Laszlo's <laughs> I, against Hell Yeah, Southwest, Muchachos against Paisanos. Those matchups are both going today. Now, right now. Yes. Um, and then tomorrow, it'll be in the Northeast, Taco Inn against Isles Pub and Pizza, Norm's on 48th against Penelope's Little Cafe. And then final fork voting will go Friday through the weekend, and your championship is Monday with the champion announced on Tuesday. So I I don't I I mean I feel like the I feel like it's gonna be Norm's Taco in and and uh, and uh, Laszlo's muchachos. Muchach, muchachos. I don't know about Laszlo's Halia, but I feel like I mean the 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 three darlings of this tournament so far have been <laughs> the defending champ and then the plucky underdogs uh, in Taco in and. And norms, but I don't have a great feel for that that one in the Northwest with Laszlo's. The little cafe that could though. That's they, true too. That's they, tr- between since the field expanded to sixty four, they've got. They need to be seated higher next year. They've no, got mark that down. As, write that down. Seed Penelope's higher next year because last year they went. They what got two wins last year? I yeah. think it was, and they've already got three this year. Yep, and they got in an exemption last year. So you you've already got Penelope's. They're good in the tournament. They are. It's a tournament team built for the tournament. <laughs> that, that cricket gets them ready. That's exactly right. <laughs> that is a cricket grasshopper, whatever that thing is. It's a rugged schedule. The the seed reflects it that, yeah. that they're down there a little bit, but they're ready. <laughs> is let me ask you this. Right, I mean, one question: Is Lincoln, Nebraska, ready for a Norms versus Muchachos championship? Jeez. Oh, can Lincoln handle that? Because that I mean, the back and forth would be pretty, pretty amazing. Well, because here's here's the thing: when you get to these later rounds, there's such a quick turnaround. That's true. You would that, have a lot. That's the bummer about let, it. Yeah. Let's let's say Norms does make it to the championship, which means they got to win two more rounds. They will have the eat eight tomorrow. Yeah. So they will have that matchup against Penelope's. Then they will have all weekend. For the final fork, and then Monday for the championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is Norm's is the Norm's marquee going after the crickets? Are they going after? I mean, what? Where are we going here? I think it's like nothing little here. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. But if you guys see it on, they're gonna have to move quicker. So if you're listening today, Norm's gonna have to get that marquee going faster. Yeah, there, there's 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 it's no a, time to wait. You between got you're, these. you're voting again tomorrow. So. Uh, if somebody sees it, take a picture. We would like. To I'm see excited what they do for here. all of this. So, if you're a fan of Laszlo's Hell Yeah, Muchachos, or Paisanos, vote today. Tomorrow, Taco and Isles, Norms, and Penelope's right. Low Cafe. Craig asked this question. I'm not totally sure how to answer. He says, "How close is the scoring average on the madness?" Um. So we do by percentages. Okay. Um. So like today, Norms beat Denton sixty-one to thirty-nine. Okay. Um, now there are times that we've had some of the votes take Misty's against Boxcar in the very first round, where it was three votes, three total votes, right? Separated, so fifty-one forty-nine essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, we round up if it's sixty-one point one, it's sixty-one. Right. If it's sixty-one point nine, sometimes I just write sixty-one. Like it's right. It it varies in there, but yeah, it's by percentages. Um, some of these have had a couple hundred votes between them. Few hundred votes between them. Mm-hmm. Some of them have been under twenty votes. Yeah, 
All right, there you go. That's uh, what's going on. Vote today uh, for those uh, two districts that get going. And uh, by tomorrow morning, we'll know the first two of the final four. Yeah, Very we exciting. will. Oof. Very exciting. All right, let's get into our uh, sound off today. We are going to start with these uh, the talks that are uh, going on in, in Turkey between Ukraine and Russia. Yesterday, I felt like there was some optimism, although I, I think some people were people were very skeptical about that whole thing. But maybe some activism, or excuse me, some optimism. Uh, let's see what the result of those talks are so far. Peace talks go on in Turkey between Russians and Ukrainians. Some optimism produced Tuesday when the Russians said they'll scale back some military operations. But in his nightly address, Ukraine's President Zelensky showed. He's skeptical. We can call the signals we hear from the negotiating platform positive, but these signals do not drown out the blows of Russian shells. Spokesman John Kirby said Pentagon officials believe Russian forces won't withdraw. Instead, they'll be repositioned. Meanwhile, there are reports that two Russian border towns had to be evacuated after Ukraine fired missiles into the region. That's the first time we've seen Ukraine taking the fight to Russia. Chill NATO, Fox Jeez. News. They're turning it around and going the other way? Gosh. I got a ransom for you. Wow. My goodness. Yeah, and they were talking about him backing off Kiev, but isn't that very potentially a function of the fact that they're not getting anywhere there? Yeah. And they are other places, perhaps? I don't know. Um, All right, let's let's do some more. So did you hear about this uh, Fox ad at the top of the hour? The uh, the International Space Station is returning one of the American astronauts right. today. In fact, it's happening like as we speak right now. It's an interesting story. Mark Vandehei has been aboard the International Space Station since April 9th of last year, capping a record 355 days when he returns to Earth from Expedition 66 with two Russians aboard the Soyuz MS-19, expected to make a parachute landing in Kazakhstan at about 7.29 a.m. Eastern Time. Vandehei in a NASA interview last week saying this will be his last. I promised my wife I will not be flying to space again so that will be uh, bittersweet. Vandehei's return also amid deteriorating space relations between the U.S. and Russia. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. Yeah, it was. A- I, I also promised my fiance I wouldn't put my plates on the counter and would put them in the dishwasher every time. So uh, we'll see. Was it, yeah, uh, the whole U.S. Russia relationship looked a little different in uh, April of 2021 when they <laughs> headed up there, didn't it? Ah, just a How little bit. How awkward did that get? When they're up there, just like. Hey, I'm pretty glad we're up here, Can right? Can you imagine a year up in the, a year? It's insane. It's, I mean, I, it is crazy. I, I should get Clayton Anderson on again, but just to talk about, like, don't you want some, uh, I mean, I understand there's some open space on those space stations, but at some point you're just like, man, I need to get out of here. Uh-huh. Drive you insane after a, after a year, but. Uh, impressive, and uh, I haven't had seen any reports yet that that landing is finished, but as you said, that according to the schedule, that happened like 15 minutes ago, mm-hmm. so uh, we'll look for those. Uh, all right, what else we have going on today? Uh, oh, uh, hey, if you're, uh, if you're a Verizon customer, uh, good news is your phone probably works in Lincoln most of the time, unlike some of, uh, <laughs> some of us T-Mobile customers, but you also may be getting texts from your own phone number 
that are really weird. What is going on there exactly? Wireless network operator Verizon says it's investigating bad actors sending mysterious messages to customers. Folks posting about receiving texts from their own numbers, offering gifts, and in some cases linking to Russian news outlets. Verizon says our team is actively working to block these messages, and we have engaged with U.S. law enforcement to identify and stop the source of this fraudulent activity. Adding at this time, it has no indication that the spamming is originating in Russia. Kristen Mm -hmm. Goodwin, Fox News. Interesting. Interesting. I am glad because about two or three months ago, my phone started doing the scam likely thing. Yeah. It never did that ever. And then all of a sudden it does it all the time. It says scam likely. I mean, it used to be that I would just get a, a call often from a random town in Nebraska. And uh-huh. I'd be like, okay, this is weird. Who's calling me from weeping water right now? Uh, and there was always somebody t- talking about my uh, my car, ex- extending my car warranty or something like that. Well, you should but, probably check on that. Oh, I usually talk to him about it if I have time. <laughs> I usually ask some of the details, and then I'm. I, what I, the biggest thing I like to do is make counter offers when people call me. <laughs> Why don't you send me a? Gift I, li- card? I like to. T- I like to take control of the uh, of the negotiations. Uh, and my kids get entertained. We need to get you to Ukraine. Yeah. Put you in charge of the negotiating. So. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's a different level. That's above my uh, my abilities. There a little bit more than a Best yeah, Buy gift card. Yeah. Okay. Hey, who is ready for a Chris Rock Will Smith update? Hey, yeah, I'm interesting. Over it, I know actually. it's interesting how it went. Like, oh, this is all we could talk about Monday morning. We're going nuts here, and now it's kind of like, uh, yeah. That's how uh, that's how the news cycle works these days. But I still have one for you to listen to. As many ramp up the calls to strip Smith of his Oscar or be banned from attending future award shows, Academy Award Governor Whoopi Goldberg says Smith will face serious consequences for his actions, but said he will not lose his statue. Chris Rock has reportedly been interviewed by the LAPD and says he will not press charges. He has still not issued a comment. Yeah, we need. We Wait, need... Whoop, Whoopi's in charge of that. Apparently she's some member of the board of governors or something like that. I don't. I didn't know that either. I don't know. That that just seemed weird. I, I'm just Chris Rock has got to say something. Issue a statement. I think he did a stand up show last night. I wonder if there's anything out there about that. If he he mentioned it, he had to, pretty much. But he needs to issue a statement. Then we'll be all done. Then we can then we can move on. I don't care if Will Smith is at the next Oscars. I don't know why they they obviously need to have him there. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be referenced. That's constantly. not going to impact whether or not I watch. I, well, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I'm going to need another something. Here's the thing: I'm going to need know something very exciting to happen next year to uh, <laughs> to keep me going on this thing. Then there's this story. I want to know what the ratings were pre-slap and post-slap. Yeah, that'd be a good question. That'd be a very good question. Uh, I was in uh, Wichita, Kansas, uh, on my drive a couple of weeks ago. I, didn't, um, I think I'd only been there a couple of other times, but they have a zoo there. Apparently, uh, a flamingo got out of. They had flamingos there at the. Oh. Yeah, flamingos love Wichita. It's kind of like their state bird there. Um, but it got out, and now it's had quite an adventure since then. After leaving Kansas 17 years ago, this African flamingo has never looked back. The bird escaped from a zoo in Wichita on a stormy night back in 2005 and was just spotted this month in Texas. Officials know it's the same bird because of a number tag on its leg, number 492. 
Over the years, this bird has also been seen several times in Wisconsin and Louisiana. But the last sighting was a year or two ago. Zoo officials never made plans to recapture the bird. They say it's not only difficult to do, but would disturb other wildlife also. John Saucier, Fox News. Is this the, like... Next Madagascar spinoff. That's incredible. 17 <laughs> years it's been doing tour in, tour in the United States. What is your reaction, by the way, if you're in Wisconsin and you see a flamingo? That guy's definitely it's on like, the run. It's like seeing a palm tree on North Dakota. It's It'd be just completely bizarre. Well, you've clearly never been to Fargo. Uh, yes, I... <laughs> <laughs> that was our second spring break destination option <laughs> option this year. And then last but not least, I want to finish with this little sports here. Um, uh, they're they're looking at changing the NFL rules for overtime. Uh, for overtime. Yep. Which I think people kind of hate the current one. I I never even remember how it works, and so maybe it's going to be. A, 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 take a listen. A proposal by the Indianapolis Colts and Philadelphia Eagles cleared the 24 votes needed from NFL owners to adopt new rules regarding overtime. However, the changes will only be made to the playoffs. Now, postseason games that head to OT will see each team get at least one offensive possession. This in response to the maligned ending of the Kansas City Chiefs Buffalo Bills AFC Division Round game earlier this year. However, the overtime rules are going to stay the same for the regular season if a team scores a touchdown on the opening drive, they win the game. The vote happening during NFL League meetings down in Florida Tuesday with the Miami Dolphins, Minnesota Vikings, and Cincinnati Bengals voting against the change. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. Okay. So, what happens if they both get the same amount of points? Then it goes back to the the team that had it first, and then it's sudden death from there. Okay. Alright. I don't know if that's better. I I, I guess it's a little better, but... I like teams getting a rebuttal. I I do too. I just uh, more I do too. The current one is so weird that it's a different outcome if it's a field goal compared to if it's a touchdown, and I just I don't like that a whole lot. I on honestly, I know people hate the college overtime, but the way that they changed the college overtime for this year, and I'm going to think of that Penn State Illinois game. Oh jeez, that was that was incredible. That just was incredible. alternating two point conversions. Yep. you got one play. Go. Yep. I like that. I liked it. To me, that's still better than you just have to be the team that won the coin toss, essentially what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, the NFL owners never went to college because one of the biggest rules at college parties is you get a rebuttal. What? Beer pong. (laughs) Oh, I don't. Always get a rebuttal. never, Never played it. Sorry. Sir, excuse me. I've never played. I played ping pong. Someone drank beer, but I've never done. You definitely went to college in Northwest Iowa. Jeez, (laughs) that's very true. Very (laughs) true. Also, I think before that was a thing. All right, six fifty-three. We'll take a break. Officer Chad in studio with us next on KLI. Brittany Foster. They done it, and now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK today. All right, 66, Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends. Officer Chad Hyde in studio with us. Morning, Chad. How are you doing? Good morning. I was just kind of dancing along to the theme there music. You go. Will Smith was in Bad Boys. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I, I, I'm like you. I didn't know the Oscars were on until the next morning, and I saw the YouTube clips. Hey, l- let me ask you this. What does the, when, when somebody says, I don't want to press charges, okay. what, does that, what does that practically mean? I mean, I... I don't know what it means from the legal sense of it, but I'm sure you've heard that before. All the time. What does that? What's that mean when, when that happens? Uh, that means that somebody has reported what is a criminal offense or what they believe is a criminal offense that they're a victim of, but they don't want to pursue charges against a person that's, that's perpetrated that crime. They just want to make a 
a written document basically saying that this is what happened, this is who did it, but I'm not interested in seeing him prosecuted for a criminal charge. But in the end, isn't that the prosecutor's decision? Uh, yes and no. On some crimes, um, we don't really have a choice, like domestic violence. Any domestic assault, um, we are bound by law. We have to make an arrest okay. if there's probable cause to believe that uh, domestic assault has occurred. Um, for like a simple assault, a, 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 you know, a misdemeanor theft, some things like that. Slap in the face. Sure. <laughs> what if? What if? Take me through this scenario. Millions of people watched you go up and just slap a grown man across the face. Um, well, first off, I'd be incredibly embarrassed. <laughs> um, we, we may have talked about that one off the air. So, um, no, I'm, fair enough. But I did. I was because you hear that so often, yep. and there's always there's always the thing like, well, you know, could they? It's it's a prosecutor prosecutorial thing, really, more than anything. So, you know, yeah. Yes and no. If it's not something that we're we're bound by law to to pursue charges on or make an arrest on or You're write a ticket, we don't have to. <laughs> and you know, a lot of times people just like that comfort of telling somebody what happened and um, kind of getting that burden off off their chest and and feeling a little better about it. Interesting. And we're here to help. Well, I found something new to talk about <laughs> for us. That was interesting. All right, what do we have, Crime Stoppers? Wise. Well, you would ask that as soon as my screen went dark. Sorry, there I know we you go. Were ready. Sorry, go for <laughs> You're it. You're all right. Uh, first one we have is targeted operation. This one is from the Target at 40th and Yankee Hill on the 19th of this month. Um, have a couple suspects show up in a white Dodge Durango. They go into the store, they hide in a back storage room until the store closes, and then load up a cart with a bunch of what? bags and stuff, full of electronics. They got away with $25,000 worth of stuff. I don't know that I've heard that one before. Uh, it, it's happened a few times. We have some really good video and some very good still images of the two suspects here. Um, somebody's going to recognize this vehicle. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That is one I've never heard of before. Okay. Uh, next one is check it out. Uh, again, we have some really good images, and we actually have a license plate on this car of UUG 499. A victim in this case lives south of Roca, had a bunch of checks stolen from their mailbox they had put in there to pay doctor bills. Oh, jeez. Somebody steals the checks and goes and cashes the checks for quite a bit more than they were originally written for. Um, this happened on the 1st of February. Again, we see the plate number. We're trying to find out who was driving the car at the time and figure out what happened. All right. So a good week to uh, check out LincolnCrimeStoppers.com and check out those vehicles. Maybe get some help on that one. All right. Thank you, Chad. appreciate it. Talk Thank to you, you next guys. week. It is 7 o'clock. KLI and Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what Chapping your hide. When you tell everyone else what's chapping your hide, your coworkers, your families, you're the, uh, you can become the annoying or whiny guy or gal. Not so here. This is a safe space for you. You tell us what's chapping your hide. You feel better. You become a more productive person, more productive and pleasant person in our community, and it's good for everyone. It's a public service to Lincoln, Nebraska. Welcome. 
to what chaps your hide. Three ways you can join the show. You can call us on the Rickstein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. You can text into that same line uh, if you would like to, or you can go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash LNK. Today, kind of a slow day on the uh, on the Facebook page, so uh, glad to see our phone Yeah, lines but the phone full. lines are full. Phone lines are full, so let's jump right into them. Mike is going first today. Good morning, Mike. The floor is yours. What chaps your hide? Good morning, gentlemen. Well, this is kind of hand-in-hand with uh, Munch Madness. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of got me thinking. I got a little melancholy about, you know, like, taste of Louisiana. And, uh, you know, you think about the old restaurants you used to go to, like Valentino's on 70th and Van Dorn and mm-hmm. all that. You know, you get, and then, then I realized something. You know what I realized? What's that? That these next two Fridays are the last two Fridays you can go to the best fish fry in Lincoln <laughs> at 61st and South. That's that yeah, that boy. It's it's uh, that's Mike. You you make a great point. You make a great point. A lot of people are talking about that in the community. It's just a sad time for everyone, I guess, with this wrapping up. It is. It is. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Mike continuing to push his fish fry during Lent. <laughs> good. Good on you, Mike. <laughs> All right, uh, Debbie is uh, next. Debbie, good morning. What's chapping your hide? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Yesterday's weather report is what chapped my hide. Nothing <laughs> against Brittany Foster. She's fine. She's I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Oh, it's going to warm to the 70s or 80s or maybe the 50s. And I thought, are you kidding me? I didn't know if I should get out my Jack Mitchell signature shorts or get my hoodie back out. I wasn't sure what to wear. I thought, at least be a little bit more specific. My goodness, please, there's a 30-degree difference in her report yesterday. So, yes, I didn't know what to wear. Well, uh, Debbie, that's why you layer up, and then you might have to shed some layers. Um, shed the lighter layers. Don't bring your heavy layers. Unless true. it does get colder, then you that's want true. the heavier layers. That's true. Okay, so in other words, I wear my Jack Mitchell yes. signature shorts, and I put my sweatpants on over them. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. That'll that'll I probably work for you <laughs> next right, time this I'll happens. Do, I will do that next time I hear Brittany make that kind of report. All right. Thank okay. you, Debbie. I appreciate it. <laughs> that was a wide range. I'm not, not, I mean, to Brittany's credit, she rarely goes, I don't think I've ever heard her go with that kind of a, uh, that wide of a range in terms of the positive temperatures, but I noticed it too, but you know. I think it would have been a lot more fun if she said that and then went, you know what, guys, I'm going to be honest. I don't know where today's going. <laughs> There's a lot could happen. And it was weird. Was yesterday, <laughs> it, here's a weird question, was yesterday a nice day? So it ended up getting pretty warm yeah, here I, because the storms missed us to the north and the south. Yeah. But the wind was still enough that it wasn't great. For strong, for long yeah, stretches. Yeah, it was a, it was weird. It was bizarre. It was a difficult, difficult day to forecast. So, uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> it's all right. But she does not, she does not do that often whatsoever. So, uh, anyway, all right, back to the uh, phones. What chaps your hide? Wednesday phones are busy today. Uh, ben is joining us now. Morning, Ben. What's chapping your hide? Hey, you know, well, well, first off, uh, I I didn't get Chris Lofgren this morning telling me I'm doing a pretty good job out there on the road. Maybe you aren't. Maybe you're not, Ben. Maybe you shouldn't keep it up. Maybe we had him take a break till you get better at driving. (laughs) That is a possibility. You know, we're not going to discount that possibility. It's kind of like my mom telling me to have a good day at school. She didn't say it. I just might not have a good day. 
but no, really what I wanted to call and talk about it, you know, so they got this body positivity movement going where they put the bigger gals in the underwear commercials. I think they're using the wrong people for that. The real people that are, have always been body positive are the, uh, the old guys in the gym locker room. Holy cow. <laughs> oh, man. It, people, You're chapped that you're not seeing enough old locker room <laughs> dudes on TV? <laughs> I, I'm just saying is they use the wrong source material. Yeah, I'd, I'd see what if, if for those who don't know, you are missing out. You are missing out. I would say. I mean, I, I suppose it'd be kind of hard to mix the sound for him to say something while you got the sound of the blow dryer going in between the guy's nether regions. <laughs> the, the weirdest one. The weirdest one, Ben, to me is the full shaving cream shave. In the buck, that one is uh, that that one is always odd to me. Yeah, that 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 does seem a little, you know. I guess I don't know. Maybe if you got it, flaunt it. I guess, and I guess <laughs> we all got different definitions of got it. But <laughs> just, I just sometimes just gra- gra- I don't want to get too in detail. Just grab the underwear and then go do that stuff. Like that. I mean, that feels like a sensible middle ground to me on a lot of these things. Yeah. Maybe so not. after after seeing all this, I I walking out of the gym and every day it gets me uh the first set of doors are automatic but the second doors are not so i'll walk through the first set of doors and then run right into the second set and just embarrass myself on the way out like, like a bird into a freshly cleaned window all right thank you ben have a good one. Oh, I didn't, he didn't get it in. I bet he was trying to. Ah, darn. All right. <laughs> All right. That Paul is here. Good morning, That Paul. What's chapping your hide today? Oh, it's beyond chapped. Way beyond chapped. I think I qualify as a long-term listener of this and other programs on your wonderful station. <laughs> Thank you. I received more than my fair share, even, of all your various giveaways. Mm-hmm. How is it possible that Debbie has a pair of Jack Mitchell signature shorts and I don't? <laughs> she, 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 she just bought them. She bought them, Paul. You could have bought them. Oh. oh. <laughs> were, you, just went, you just went to the website and bought them. <laughs> I guess I owe you an apology. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It's not coming, <laughs> but I owe you one. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. I appreciate it. Yeah, they were you. You could buy. I didn't give her. She bought them with See her own hard earned money. That, we resolved all of that. Uh, exactly. All right. Let's go back to the phones. Four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. Wayne is next. Good morning, Wayne. What's chapping your hide? Hey there, guys. Hey. Um, what chaps my hide is this uh, Clinton guy last week said he doesn't like request line Friday. <laughs> well, hate to tell you, Clinton, but there are a couple other radio stations in town. And if that doesn't work for you, Iowa's got plenty of room. <laughs> hey, Clinton did put in a request for Friday, though. <laughs> <laughs> Since the one guy called and told me to move to Iowa because I didn't, yep. I wanted a new flag in Nebraska. <laughs> Our listeners get it; they just get it. <laughs> Clinton did request one. We may be turning Clinton around, and maybe he's going to enjoy this week's request on Friday because on April Fool's Day we are doing all cover songs, songs by artists other than the original artists who did yes. the song. It's going to be fun. I think we still win him over on this thing.
All right, let's go to the... Uh, there, there's, a, there's a few on the Facebook page. All right, let's get a go. Uh, Craig sent a video with his. Trucks over six tons in the wrong lane on Highway 2. Let's open up a Crime Stoppers file. Got him on the left lane. Look, get that. Get that South Beltway. Get that South Beltway done, and we can uh, we can be done with that. Peter says what's happening his side is wind. Absolutely. <laughs> this one is really funny from Rich. Uh, it chaps my hide that teenagers who have zero energy or motivation to help or do anything will then schedule five meetings and spend endless hours to plan a two-hour prom date. <laughs> I have no comment about that. Priorities, man. No comment about that one. Uh, l- let's see, Liz, I'm in charge of the bracket challenge at work. It was supposed to be a fun event. <laughs> I wonder what happened there. Oh, we exactly. all feel that. Uh, Patsy says the fake people in Hollywood. Christina says, the dang weather in Nebraska. If it wasn't for this wind, it would be gorgeous out. Over it. Yeah, I got that one, too. I got that one, too. By the way, Clinton texted in. You see this? Yeah. Clinton says, crybabies chat my hide. I like it. And then uh, Jeremy says, let's make Iowa or Australia send all of Nebraska's reprobates to the east. Jeez. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, okay, we have another phone call. My goodness! Oh, wow. we're getting all the. I mean, we are getting all the regulars here today. Uh, Howdy, John joins us now. Good morning, Howdy. What's chapping your hide? Howdy, Howdy. Nothing really chaps my hide this week, but I think we need to make a GoFundMe page for Mad Paul because he's going to have an aneurysm any moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, the, just just be ready, just in case. That might be a good idea. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Uh, Ben says, you know what Jack always says, if you don't like the weather, just wait 15 minutes. Uh, Sarah on the text line also says, uh, this wind and clouds, Chapper Hyde. Yeah, I know. I feel like I can't, I can't complain much about the weather right now because we got so lucky. Those of us who can't stand the, the cold and the snow all winter, we got really fortunate this winter throughout the vast majority of it. Um, but this this sort of like halfway there thing is it arguably worse? I don't know. I just I'm I look and I'm even looking at the forecast now and it's still it's still too many 50s, not enough 60s and 70s. I'm ready to make that turn. My goodness, April April starts this week. It does. 402-479-1400 Rick Stein recognition hotline. Man, this is a uh Jeremy says, if you don't like the weather, make a temperature guarantee and it'll get worse. <laughs> That's probably a good... I can't even... I'm not even in the territory of doing that right no, now. No, it's not even close to that yet. Yeah. All right. Chris is next. Good morning, Chris. What's chapping your hide? Uh, just my cheek, uh, but it's uh, Will Smith. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. I think this is the wrong Chris. <laughs> uh, but... Aaron, Aaron on the text line says he was assuming that Jack's chaps would be overachieving taco vendors. Okay, I it's hmm. <laughs> I wish every restaurant the best. Okay, let me be completely let me completely clear the air on this. Okay, I have this need. It's an insecurity. Yes, it's an insecurity. But I have a need. Not it's not you guys who are listening right now that I need validation from. I, I appreciate you guys are great. But whenever I post about Munch Madness on social media, which we do because we're promoting it, 
there are always the non the, you know who they are the non listeners to the show there are very few of them anymore in this city but they're there and they get really snarky get about a, get a, a little food snobby a little food snobby they get a, they get snarky about the the seatings and who's in and who's out and they throw and they just don't get it and this isn't fair for me to do this is a dumb reason i admit it i can admit my own flaws but that is ju- if uh, if the old ti is in the final <laughs> four that is going to be really amplified <laughs> and maybe i should just not care and i'm i'm starting to less and less because it's getting i i just did not i did not see this scenario happening um but it's time for me to you know got to have a thick skin in this job right got to celebrate the local businesses that make it through this is a local business i have it's a Lincoln original. You know, what, you know what an interesting question is? If you ever could get this, how embarrassed you would be? If you got like a total lifetime bill of what you've spent Ooh. at various businesses. Yeah. Like how much have I how much have I spent at Runza or Amigos or Taco Win in my life? Are we talking tens of thousands of dollars? I don't know. Or Valentinos. <laughs> You see Ben's text. Ben says the legions of Spurn De Leon's fans that voted for Taco in. We've explained De Leon's. I don't know. Isles, it, I mean, Havelock, that's all Havelock's got left now. Yeah. I mean, Havelock will come together. You're going to get your Misty's people. You're going to get your uh, Boxcar Barbecue people. You're going to get your uh, Engine House Cafe people. They're going to jump on Isles. There are a lot of there are a lot of factions still left in this thing as it plays out. There's a lot to happen over the next several days. And don't, and don't forget that let's just say at this point how crazy would a Taco in Penelope's matchup be in the final or a, a Taco in uh Norms on 48th matchup be in the final fork. Just all there's a lot of good matchups that can This is going to be a fun it's going to be a fun few days. 720 720- Lock your text, guys. Uh, it's LNK Today with Jagged Friends on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news. All right, let's get things started with your morning drive with... Number five. State budget on the governor's desk, waiting for either line item vetoes or passage. Among the highlights, dollars to start work on a canal and reservoir system in western Nebraska. Possible lake between Omaha and Lincoln, and $175 million for possibly getting started on building a new prison. Although, this would not necessarily mean construction would actually begin. So, well, the you know budget out of the legislature, we'll see what happens. Legislature still got nine days. Yeah, and those are two, those two specifically are... are Big, uh, big projects that have been much discussed during this session, both the water projects and and the prison as well. But as you said there, Mark, even if there's money allocated toward them in the budget, which looks like it very well could happen, it doesn't mean those things are you know full steam ahead necessarily right. on either. Of them. Although it is interesting, uh, the the water projects got another okay, another round in front of the legislature that'll go to a separate final vote outside of the budget, still on final reading. Uh, if I understand that correctly, and uh, pr- had pretty overwhelming passage, but you know, it, 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 but it comes when it comes to the prison. Obviously, you still have to have a location, right? You still have to have more dollars oh, yeah. than that. There's there's all kinds of things still to be done on that before it happens. And when it comes to, you know, especially talking about that lake, 
uh, which has been uh, obviously a very political discussion here in the last few days. You've got to have the land to do. You got to have a location. You've got to have the land, which is privately owned. Uh, most I don't think you've got the state-owned land in an area where you could have that lake, or at least a big chunk of it isn't state-owned. So you've got to either get that land, or you know you have to you have to look at uh, taking that land if it comes down to that. And then you've got to have a, a whole lot of additional non-government money for that to happen as well. So it is a it's a it's a very preliminary step to have the budget allocation, but it is a step, and so they're both. Both of those big major projects still something that that could happen. The old saying going uh, forward: the journey of a hundred miles starts with a single step. It will be interesting to see if there are line item vetoes, though, Mark, because this does have just general budgetary growth that is a little higher um, than the governor said that he would like to see. He said he wanted to keep it around three percent. It's slightly over three percent. Are there areas in there where there will be line item vetoes? Vetoes? I think that'll be. That'll be an interesting question with this as well to get it down to uh, where he wanted it to be. But uh, it's it, it, this. I said this earlier in the show. The lake thing is so. It's like my head and my heart are uh, different places on it. My head is like, like, is it is it a need? Is it is it a need right now? What I would with, like to, with everything yeah. that's happening. What I what I'd like to know is how much. Uh, Flood control would this uh, would be helped? Yeah, that, and that's I, you know I think that's a real issue, and and I just don't know the answer. That's that a much. good question too. And and the other thing I didn't even mention is the other environmental impacts of this, including the water that Lincoln gets. You know that's going they're going to have to be a lot of study on that yeah, too. Well, water that a lot of cities get. Yeah, I mean, um, and and Lincoln, of course, you're driven through Ashland. You've seen the processing plant there in Ashland, so that is. That's nearby as well. So that's my head, but then my heart is like, yeah, but this would be really cool. Like I would, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. If it, if it came to fruition, I wouldn't not use it out of protest. I can tell you that much. Right. Well, just you know, you can look to Iowa and how Lake Okoboji has has really spurred a lot of activity in in that area, and, uh-huh. and I think you could probably say that this would be something similar. Well, it's, it's closer to population centers yeah, than Lake Okoboji is. <laughs> but what I'm getting at is, I mean, it, I, no, no. What I'm saying is, there are more there are more people who live nearby it. I'm, I'm correct. It might be might be bigger and better. Right. I'm just saying you can look to the success of that and and probably say that this would be even more successful. It, 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 the other thing that got brought up in the floor discussion of the lake was: is this going to take away from the existing the existing options that are already there in the state of Nebraska? But I'll I'll be honest with you. Being from Lincoln, well, we'll go. I mean, I've spent a lot of time at Branch Oak, but outside of that, I haven't really. It's hard. It's hard. I to don't go have to, a boat or anything, but it's hard to, to go to McConaughey for uh, you know a long weekend yeah, or, I, or uh, a week unless you can rent a, a specific place. Right, that can and that up. may be even more true of people who are in, from the Omaha area, even further west to here. And and reminder that a lot of uh, Lake McConaughey comes out of Colorado and Wyoming. Yeah. But making Branch Oak a little less busy in peak times wouldn't be the worst thing either, to be honest, if you've been there some of the times when it gets really crazy. And and it might actually make it for a quieter gondola ride on Holmes Lake someday. We'll get that taken care of. (laughs) Mark is the only one talking about the impact on Holmes Lake of the... uh, Of the, what I call, call it, dra- whatever. Whatever you do, call it Dragon Lake. That'd be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I ask. Number four.
Governor Ricketts vetoed a bill that would enforce the state to apply for under $20 million in federal pandemic rental relief. We've still got about $30 million in unused rental assistance from the first round. Uh, we used about 40% of what we got in that first round. Supporters have said they're going to attempt to override the governor's veto. That would require a vote of 30 uh, senators. Yeah, I, uh, I don't... The, the way, when you looked at the vote the first time around, it did pass, but there were a lot of people who didn't vote, and a governor's veto has some influence. I get the feeling that this is not going to have the, enough support now, because it was 26-15 last week when it did pass. So you'd have to pick up four more yes votes from that vote after a veto, which sounds like an uphill battle. Politically, to you, to me, just you you don't know in these cases if there's any uh, you know horse trading of uh, voting on this and that. I mean, there's a lot. That's of, true. There's a lot of things and, that can happen, and and as long as there's no litter boxes in in uh, <laughs> in that rental assistance wow. plan, it might you know have a better chance of uh, moving forward. Well, wasn't this bill not even going to go into effect? Before the deadline to request, so it's they're not going to get the full 120 million because there's no emergency clause for the bill, so it wouldn't take an effect until July. So you'd still get some of the funding, but not all of it. Okay. So you're more you're looking at more like 50 million instead of 120. And million. is there a, a date that my the money has to be used by? Oops. Hold on, that's my computer doing that. Sorry. Is there a date the money has to be used by? That's a good question. Because, that, that, that's because a good question. What, what I'm getting at is, yes, you didn't use the full amount the first time. These are still coming from your tax dollars here in the state of Nebraska that other states are using. So if you don't take them and at least have them here to use in the future, yeah, I then, have a, then, then what's the uh, every, what's wrong with taking it? Everything comes with a deadline, though, from the federal government, right? right and that, that's why I'm asking: yeah, is there I, a, a deadline that you'd have to use it by? And if you already haven't used the first round, then I understand that that you weren't going to use it up anyway. I just feel then like that should have been the argument. From, from Ricketts, that that you weren't going to use it by the deadline if there is one, rather than, well, we need to get back to normal and you can't be dependent and you don't need to use it if there's only two states that are trying to use that argument. I just don't get that. I mean, I, I understand what Ricketts is saying. He's trying, you know, trying to say essentially, hey, we don't think this is not kind of against our philosophy of 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 government and you know, give, but I just don't think you're affecting that much change by not taking it. Frankly, it's. I mean, what's done is done. Right with this whole thing, and it's going, it's going elsewhere. It's Nebraska's <laughs> it's, tax it's, dollars used being used somewhere else. At the end of the day, yeah, that's uh, that's always the hard the hard thing for me to get over on on this whole thing. And it was apparently for at least some who you would traditionally think of con- as conservatives in the legislature uh-huh. that that voted for it as well. Um, but it's not Nebraska tax dollars; it's taxpayers' dollars. Yes, you're right. Right, that will be. In part, at least, going to pay rent in other states. Let's just put it this way. It's not government-funded. It's taxpayer-funded. Yes. Fair. I mean, uh, yeah, that's, yep. that's, uh, that's true as well. All right. Moving on. Number three. Sorry. This Number three. All right. A bill that would ease Nebraska into new casino development while trying to prevent a new surge in facilities. Actually, one first-round approval. Uh, as lawmakers advance the measure through the first of three votes that would allow casinos in the six counties that already have licensed horse racing tracks, but anyone else who wants to build a casino in another part of the state would have to wait for the Nebraska Racing and Gaming Commission to conduct a detailed study looking at the potential effect on the state. The commission 
would approve the or deny those licenses based on the analysis, and the analysis would be due by January 1st, 2025. So is it just a question of whether or not you got to have a horse track to have a casino, essentially, and what that process well, looks that's like? Well, where, that's where they're going to be allowed right now. Right. Now, should they, could they allow casinos in other parts of the state if the study proves it or shows that it would be viable? And even if they don't have a racetrack, I don't know. I mean, legislation can change. Allow that. What is the policy? Okay, I get it. If you don't, if there's not... We've gone down this road now. We're, there's going to be casinos, okay? Uh-huh. What is the policy argument for only having them connected to horse tracks, even if they're viable in other places? I, th- I think the, the part of having horse tracks connected to it is that you have built-in events that are going to be taking place where people will be wagering. That That's the part. But... And then that, to me, is why you would connect sports books because uh, people are going to go out but, to, to watch those. But yes, you have an event that's going on at the casinos that people go out there for. But what if I'm a developer and I'm like, I don't, I don't need the event, I don't need the horse track. See, I don't think I don't, it's, like it's not 100 percent necessary. I'm just saying the I'm argument for having them the, there. The arg- but the argument for a policy to restrict them to only that. I think the, well, the, the, the the restriction policy would be so that you don't um, oversaturate the the market for casinos across the state. So the government's going to try to control and limit. On it, yeah. then. And, <laughs> I mean, and and they were able to slip this in under a current gaming and racing commission rather than establishing an all new casino gambling commission. So they had the the structure there, and it was a good way to hold off casinos in the state for several years. Uh, And and for years, though, the horse racing industry was also trying to uh, expand gambling at the horse tracks. From slot machines to historic horse racing to... But until the the people got on on the ballot, unicameral said... No, they said said no to everything. Basically no on, on a whole lot of stuff, but... I don't know. So, I mean, there's certain. There's part of me that doesn't want a bazillion casinos. In, I mean, there's part of me that doesn't want any casinos in Nebraska. But I just, it, it, it's hard to, for me to totally understand the policy position. I, I understand the limitation of it, but tying it directly to horse racing. Think about as, when you, it just seems. That seems like a roundabout way to do it. Well, I'm thinking about when I fly into Vegas. What's one of the things that's at the airport when you get there? Slot machines. There's a few slot machines. What, what would be the issue with putting some slot machines at oh, the, the, the airports here? Just a couple of them. Just there while you're waiting at the terminal. Somebody who's either from Lincoln flying somewhere or someone who's flying home from here. They or going to, up to Epley. Or put Big Red Kino in a restaurant in the airport. Yeah. Well, that probably could happen. But anyway, uh, nonetheless, yeah, it'll be... Uh, Gonna be a crazy few years here in in Nebraska. I mean, it's kind of like the wild wild west with this thing when it got sure. passed like it did by. Ba- this is why we talk about sometimes, guys. When we talk about, it's like the voters walk up to the legislature and just smack them in the face. <laughs> if the legislature well doesn't go ahead and, and do something, then the voters have to pass something that's just wide enough, and then they're to, to get the going votes, back, and, and then there's not enough restrictions yeah. on it. Yeah. Number two. Big news for both Husker basketball programs yesterday. Super senior Sam Hybe and Derek Walker were both announced they'll be returning for a final season after having gone through senior day ceremonies a few weeks ago. So 
how does this news change the outlook for these teams? Uh, better, significantly better for both teams than if they were to not return. For Derek Walker, you saw the team played better when the offense really changed and went through him. Um, obviously, it helped when you had everyone healthy, but uh, you had that stretch of three wins uh, where over the last five games, Derek Walker shot 73%. That's awesome. <laughs> That's not something people do. He also broke a re- uh a shooting percentage record for the season where I think he shot 68.3%, and that broke a single-season record for Nebraska that had stood since the mid-'70s. Like, he brings a, a level of consistency even as an undersized big. With you, could, ar- you could make an argument that he was the most valuable player this year. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, he wasn't going to post the, the numbers that you see from people who get into those kind of most valuable player conversations, but he was a ne- he was a necessary piece that had to be out there. Right. And he brings something that Hoiberg hasn't had, consistency at least in that position. Yeah. Um, especially when you have it's Eduardo you. Andre on the way out, Blaze Keita coming in. And then for Sam Hybe, she's been here for four years. She's scored in double figures every single year. She's uh, been all Big Ten a couple of years. And you bring back all five of your starters from the end of the season. Yeah. Um, where you've got such a strong core of players players from a 24-win team coming back. She brings that di- a big chunk of bringing that kind of diversity of style to that Nebraska women's team, which yeah. makes their offense usually, it didn't work versus Gonzaga, but usually makes them so difficult to defend because she is such a good driver and creator driving For into the For as small rim. as she is, she attacks that rim and, with reckless yes, abandon. Gets absolutely. there, gets to the line. And what that does to free up some of the shooters, what yes. that does for Alexis Markowski, I mean, that both of them, huge. I mean, huge impact. Great Very news. Much. And still waiting on a few more. Still waiting on women's side. Bella Cravens, what's going to happen with her? Yep. Trey McGowan's, I assume, is leaving, but I guess I don't know. Right. And and Latman as well. So it'll be crazy. I mean, if even one of those come back, the amount of experience that you're actually coming back on a Nebraska basketball team will be unprecedented for the last few years. <laughs> yeah. Which is... To say the least. Yeah. Number one. Jada Pinkett Smith uh, speaking out a couple of days after her husband, Will Smith, slapped the post, Chris Rock, <laughs> the 94th Academy Awards. The actress posted a message on their Instagram that read, quote, this is a season for healing and I'm here for it, end quote. I have no idea what that means. I don't know. Uh, Will Smith uh, issued an apology of his own, saying uh, generally violence in all forms is poisonous and destructive. Uh, jokes at my expense are part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much, and I reacted emotionally. All right, let's just get Chris Rock to say, do your interview, say something, and we can be done with this, right? Yeah. I'm getting, yeah, every day I'm getting, I was wildly interested in it Sunday night and Monday morning, a <laughs> little less so yesterday, a little less so. To get, let's get Chris Rock to say something turn the page. No, let's just turn the page. All right, I want Chris to say something. 7.55 on KLIN. KLIN. All right, welcome back to the 8 o'clock hour, 30 degrees in the capital city at 809 welcome to lnk today uh so our next guest is uh is is someone i've known primarily via social media uh over over several years a a uh, listener to the show and uh, there's an interesting backstory to this uh last last fall uh you you may have been listening on the show or seen some of the media reports about the whole four milt thing during the iowa game and the the obituary that asked people to put a a wager on the Nebraska Iowa game in the memory of Milt and and I um, I latched on to that and I, I I latched onto it because I wanted Nebraska desperately to beat Iowa and because um, it had, it dealt with with uh, someone who was losing their father and that struck a chord with me um, 
and and I talked to our next guest a little bit or surrounding that and um and he is the education outreach quarter of choices treatment center now and just talked about some of the other angles of that story and I said you know what what you, at some point we need to have you on and and kind of talk this through and and he suggested that and I said I think that's a good idea and it makes sense to do now um because we're in in a month which is uh well Mike is Mike Chandra Mike uh it's game I want to say it right gambling awareness something problem gambling awareness problem gambling awareness Sorry, I didn't have the the right name there. So welcome, Mike. No, thanks thank- for thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, Problem Gambling Awareness Month is in March, and for very good reason it's in March, because we're coming right off the Super Bowl, where lots and lots of money was obviously wagered legally and illegally on the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. and then we're right in the middle of March Madness here at the NCAA tournament, and the stats show that it's estimated 45 million Americans wager $3.1 billion legally and illegally on the NCAA tournament. Wow. So there's a very good reason why March is a great time to have some awareness in regards to problem gambling before we get in into more of the details of that and then just kind of how it's it's particularly you know interesting now given where the state's at i want to i want to talk a little bit about your personal uh personal journey because you revealed something to me that i had no idea about uh even kind of having a a social media relationship with you for years when you contacted me in november and that was um a a personal gambling problem and and issues that you're going through tell us tell us uh kind of what you went through so i mean i I'm a disordered gambler, and I've been for many, many years, but I've been in recovery now for getting close to two years now. So uh, for me, it was start out when I was very little. I mean, eight, nine, ten years old, come from a family full of gamblers, talked about going to casinos. We'd play card games for significant amounts of money. Even as a child, I remember playing uh, card games and doing all sorts of different gambling activities. So it's something that, and that's something in the industry they talk about, whether it's kind of nature versus nurture sort of thing, but Mm -hmm. there's definitely parts to it with that for both of those. So come from that whole family there, uh, started going into Keno parlors here in the state of Nebraska when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. once I turned 21, I was able to go in the casinos. Obviously, things got much worse from there. And I would go through fits and spells throughout my entire life where I'd go a few months, few weeks without maybe necessarily gambling much and then really go on some benders, you know, after that. And it just got to a point where it was out of control for me. And one day I decided, hey, enough is enough. I reached out. I reached out to Choices, the treatment center that I currently work for, and Deb Hammond, the director over there, helped me out significantly and saved my life, actually, and got me to a place where I felt like I was much better off and felt like I wanted to help people out, and that's why I'm here today. What point, what what was it that made you realize that you needed help? What was Or had you been thinking about it before, or did it just dawn on you all of a sudden? Oh, no, it's something I actually tried treatment in the past, even, too, and had go to a couple sessions, and it just wasn't something that was sticking with me. And it was funny, it wasn't necessarily like one, like a bad loss or anything like that that kind of did it for me. It was the fact that I was living a double life and I was very uh, just not genuine to myself and just got to a point where I was sick of living a life entirely different than who I was. I mean, I had a social media presence, I was a dad, uh, uh member of my church did a lot of great things but what i was doing on the side there the out of control life with my gambling 
was totally incongruent with everything else I was doing in my life. What I mean, what is it? I mean, you gave us a little bit of a sense. But what is that? Are you going to places yourself? Are you doing things online? Where you you said keynote? You know what? What did it look like for you when it was at its worst? A little bit of everything. So I'd be considered an action gambler in the regard that anything I could to get some action on something, and I did it with a little bit of everything. I mean, I would go into a keynote parlor, play a skill touch machine while I'm playing Keno and be talking to somebody about betting on a game, you know, all at mm-hmm. the same time. I did a lot of sports gambling, a lot of casino gambling, uh, poker, a lot of card games, that sort of thing. But it really got to a point where if I could find anything to gamble on, make up reasons to gamble, I would do it. Mm-hmm. Were you were you losing a lot of money? Were you get, I mean, what what was the real what was the impact of that? Oh yeah, financially there was definite impact there. So I filed bankruptcy in the past, and of course blamed it on everything else but the gambling, you know. But mm-hmm. it was something that as soon as the gambling stopped, my financial peace and my financial stability definitely increased considerably. Mm-hmm. What was the term you used to describe uh, gambling? What the the it was almost like a diagnostic type. Uh, word that you used to describe it. What was it? Disordered. Yeah. What is it? What is? What does that mean? So there's three different ways of looking at it. So you can be a responsible gambler or just a social gambler. You know, mm-hmm. which is eighty to ninety percent of people out there are able to be that social gambler. Just do a, put a few bucks here and there. Mm-hmm. Do it for entertainment purposes. Able to set limits. Able to set time frames, financial limits, all that stuff. Not have a problem. Then you have what's considered problem gamblers, who that's about 2 to 3% of the population is considered problem gamblers. And they're the ones who have issues setting limits, might do it, it might not be on their minds all the time, but when they do it, they have a problem. You mm-hmm. look at it kind of the same way as you would somebody who socially drinks, has problem drinking, and versus an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So you have your problem gamblers there who probably need some education, maybe some counseling, something like that. And then you get into the place where another 1% of the population who gambles is considered a disordered gambler. Mm-hmm. And those are people who simply cannot control it, should not be doing it, it obsess about it it becomes such a huge part of their life that it becomes out of control that they really can't function appropriately in the rest of their lives mm. what so how does treatment would treatment worked apparently at least this this last time for you you said it's been two years what does treatment look like for gambling so treatment at, at least at our treatment center i can't speak for all of them but for us it's very holistic in the sense that we look at behavior obviously we want to find some coping skills to handle that behavior uh for me it's total abstinence and most of the people that we have that's what we recommend is total abstinence from gambling but we also go very deep into the emotional side of it for me it was a big deal to go through a timeline of my entire life also go through a timeline of my gambling past just to kind of parse out what actually happened and see put some cause and effect to what man that's got to be tough though i mean it's got to it's just so, I mean, just the guilt that comes along with it and everything, and that's which the, I'm sure with any addiction is true. Absolutely. And that is one of the biggest reasons. Uh, gambling is, problem gambling is considered a silent addiction in a way because it's not, uh, it's not like a alcoholic where you can smell it on their breath. It's mm-hmm. not like uh, any other substance abuse where you can see differences, mm-hmm. not like a lot of other addictions in the fact that you can live a life and live a double life essentially and avoid and hide it. Obviously the finances will catch up to you, 
but a lot of people don't get help because of the shame, because of the embarrassment, and it leads to a lot of co-occurring uh, issues as well with depression and anxiety. Sure. Uh, actually, the the rates of suicide amongst problem gamblers are some of the highest in any as far as any addiction out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Chandra joining us, and and we're talking about problem problem gambling. But the, the, the so so, but you're a you're a believer in this this the treatment method that, that you're going through obviously it's worked absolutely and it's a big thing too as far as we try to get families involved as much as possible loved ones involved too because with that you know there's extra accountability there but then you can also work through some of that shame remorse that guilt mm-hmm. make sure that everybody's on the same page as far as forgiveness and uh we do the 12 steps we're big into the 12 steps but it's a matter of we we will find whatever works for someone as far as that goes mm-hmm. and the great thing about my uh my recovery and my treatment is that it was all paid for through the gambler's assistance program and the gambler's assistance program is out there for anybody in the state of nebraska who is a problem gambler and their families and loved ones as well too so that allows them to go through the training uh go through the treatment uh without any cost to them whatsoever because as we know if you're a gambler money is a tool that they use that a gambler Mm -hmm. uses to get their fix essentially and we want to eliminate that out of the out of the equation so how hard and or good have the last two years been for you been very difficult as far as the actual treatment goes you know i did a lot of had to do a lot of things in there that weren't comfortable for me at all you know and honestly as a gambler and a lot of gamblers out there are pretty narcissistic so it takes a lot for to knock us off our pedestal a little bit but that's what it takes to really delve into the issues that are there because there's a lot of emotional deep-seated issues with most of the time there and Mm -hmm. to work through those it is difficult but i've never felt as free as i have in my life for the first time in my life i feel totally transparent about who i am that's my commitment to giving is way shot through the roof and i'm just that's what i'm trying to do is give back now in a way that i should have been doing the rest of my previously in my life, but I'm able to do that now because I'm in a healthier state of mind. So I, I think the big thing, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you really want to point out is that there are resources out there. There will continue to be resources out there as the state moves in a new direction with gambling and, and maybe even more resources out there, hopefully. Absolutely. And through the Gambler's Assistance Program that takes funds from the current gambling that is going on in the state of Nebraska through lottery, through Keno, through different funds out there. There are those funds that are available for the Gambler's Assistance Program to offer that free counseling services and free treatment services. With the casinos coming, there is going to be more of that funding out there. Um, There's no statistics showing what the impact is going to be from the casinos, but I can tell you that there will be more funds available and hopefully more knowledge about the funds that are available and there's people like me out there hopefully that are spreading the word that uh treatment is available for those people who need help let me ask you a question put yourself in the position you were three years ago and say a casino opens up in lincoln how much would that change anything for you personally would it have you were already doing it in various ways would that have changed anything the access is definitely i thought it was funny with your previous um questions you had about well what would be the difference if there's a couple uh, slot machines in the airports or in the bar and the convenience store or whatever it's about the access people who are truly disordered will find ways to do it anyway 
But I mean, that's just when there's more access, there's obviously the temptation is greater. Uh, so for us, a big thing is we want to make sure there's self exclusion laws with, uh, the casinos that are coming in we just want to make sure that there's not triggers for a disordered gambler everywhere they go as yeah. well too so it's, that you can get away from it if you want to exactly and it's difficult i mean it's literally everywhere right now you listen to radio or tv ads it's everywhere you can get on your phone and download all sorts of different either sports gambling or other gambling apps out there even daily fantasy you know any there's so many different things out there and it's being instilled in people at such a young age and that's a big thing for me too is trying to get to youth trying yeah. to get to teenagers young adults and let them know that because that's where we're seeing the huge increases from teenagers and young adults because it's so accessible for them you can now do it on your i mean man your your phone i i i, I tried it when i went to iowa <laughs> you know just i was at the in-laws and there were bowl games going on and uh and so i tried it i was like man i could see how people really quickly i mean boom like that and we like talked and we talked about the shame factor and the isolation factor is huge with it. So isolation is key to any addiction, but especially with something like problem gambling where you're already ashamed of it, you're already trying to hide it. Yeah. This just makes it that much easier to hide it when it's on your phone like that. So that's yeah. what makes it really problematic. Yeah. So what uh, we got about a minute minute or, or or a little more left. What what's your final message, your final thought? What do you uh, you, when, when you know you kind of said, "Hey, I'd love to come on." What's the biggest thing that you want to get out there here, where we are right now, you know, in the state here in 2022, and and things will be changing in the gambling landscape. Uh, just that if you do have an issue or you know somebody that has an issue, that you're not alone. That there's help out there that's available. So I will leave you with our Nebraska Gambling Helpline. Uh, that's through, provided through the Gamblers Assistance Program as well too. That number is one eight three three two three eight. 6837. Uh, you can also go to problemgambling.nebraska.gov. And both of those places will get you in touch with the nearest counselor who is trained to handle gambling disorder and to be able to help you out the best you can. Yeah, I, I think my big takeaway is, you know, from, from talking to you about this is that when we when we talk about when we've talked about this from a news perspective, and that's always kind of thrown in there, this will be there'll be problem, there'll be assistance, there'll be help out there. You're saying that's not a throwaway. That I mean, that that's very significant. It's very significant, yeah. very real, and that needs to be a topic of a conversation when it comes to this entire thing. I'm definitely not anti-gambling. I know that eighty to ninety percent of the people out there can do it responsibly and not have an issue. We just want to make sure that resources are available for mm-hmm. those who might have an issue. And people know about them and know that they can work. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Mike. Thank you for being. I mean, got to be to be vulnerable to be talking about this and things you've been through. I really appreciate that uh appreciate you coming on today and i think we'll do it again sometime that'd be great and i appreciate the platform thank you so much absolutely there's mike chandra he's with choices treatment center 825 we got to take a break got sports coming up next on klin get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox sign up for the daily at klin.com He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. And I, uh, you know, last night I was I was uh, doing some work in the kitchen and I looked at the clock. It's like, oh yeah, it's uh, 6.45. The Husker, Husker baseball game is, is on TV and I tune it on and little did I know that 
John Bishop was going to the uh, the TV side again, doing a little TV for uh, for Husker versus Creighton baseball. So I feel like we all got to spend some time with John last night, and now we get to again. Hopefully this time it'll be less painful, though. Morning, John. How are you? Well, um, I, the good news is uh, I won't be doing any more Nebraska games that I know of this year. So I don't if think I'm anybody jinx, wants you to at this point, yeah. If I'm the jinx, then you can't blame me no anymore. Um, uh, but man, that that had to be that that's that's probably the most frustrating way to lose a game in baseball. It's, if it's not, it's top three, right? Where you got it seems like the whole game you're playing with guys on second base. Mm-hmm. And you can't get the big hit. And it happened all night long. And, you know, it happens once in a blue moon that Creighton commits five errors in a game. And and you only, I think, if if my memory's correct, Nebraska, only one of those errors actually contributed to a run. The other four didn't matter, which is crazy. That never happens in baseball. Never. Yeah. Yeah. Never happens. So, yeah, I I can understand where the frustration would be. I, I, you know, I, we didn't get into it as much last night, but yeah, I really think that um, we, we kind of undersold how much Nebraska was going to miss the, the veteran experienced players that they had, you yeah. know, Schwellenbach and Acker Allmark. and Allmark. And I, I actually added up the numbers. Um, I don't have it right in front of me. Yeah. Roskam. Yeah. They, they lost. I think it was 31 home runs and like 125 runs batted in mm-hmm. from those four guys. And you're replacing those four guys with either first-year starters or freshmen. And that's, that's a tall ask, even, even, even with a good recruiting class. And, 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 and I think they are talented players. But I think we underestimated when you lose four guys, and especially with a Schwellenbach who was both you know in the field and on the mound, I mean that's like a double hit. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I think you're just seeing some growing pains right now. I still think it's a good team. I really do. I think they defend the they defend well. Obviously they can hit. They just can't hit at the right times. It seems like yeah. But I still think I still think it, it's it's a team that's going to grow and get better as the season goes on. But it's part of it is a victim, partially of our expectations. Right. And yeah. I think I may have even said this on your show before. Um, we kind of have projected a lot of the frustration of the other men's sports onto this team because this team was the shining beacon last year with how they played. Yeah. And and so because the football and the basketball frustrations continued, we said, well, that's all right, and pushed all our chips over to baseball and said, these guys are going to carry the day, and it may have been a little unfair. I know, but, it, man, it is just it's just uncanny, John, how all three of these men's seasons the, of the sports we carry here on, on KLIN began with high high expectations and then a thud at the beginning of the year and in some cases throughout you the know, course I, of the year. I, I don't remember this being a big problem when I was working at KLIN. <laughs> they were good at everything. Well, I mean, they were good at baseball and football, not so much basketball, but they were pretty good at everything. So I think it's... Must be the sports guy. 
<laughs> I, it, it might be his worst. Wow. Well, you I just would, sent I a mob out after look into finding a different sports guy. That's what I would say. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it was uh, boy didn't I, I remember when those? I know the weather wasn't great, but I remember when those Creighton Nebraska games. They'd have them at Rosenblatt, John, and they were talking about it's the second largest crowd in the nation to see a baseball game this year. What these things are empty now? It looks like at least from TV. Yeah, it's it's not what it used to be, and 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 that disappoints me a lot. Um, I don't and and I don't I don't know really everything that's involved there. Obviously, you know some of those games in the early and mid two thousands featured you know Nebraska teams that were right either going to or going to compete for a College World Series, um, and that's what's going to drive some of the bigger crowds. Um, but yeah, it, it just, it hasn't been, it hasn't been quite the same. And, and I hope that at some point it can get back to that to some degree, because that to me, I, I think it's a reward for all of those guys who, you know, grew up a lot of them. I and mean, we talked about this a lot on the broadcast last night, there were a ton of kids from the Omaha Metro or from around Lincoln, you know, who grew up around it. And and it's kind of their reward for, hey, this is our big stage every year is this game and and playing at the home of the College World Series. But, yeah, for some reason, it just hasn't had the same zip, you know, that it's had in years past. And, you know, maybe it's the timing of it. Um, Some of those games, obviously, the bigger attended games were always the ones later, like in late April, early May. And unfortunately, we're not going to have one of those May games this year. Yeah, because of the the the. The wonkiness of the the final schedule. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. That was the big one when the, the, what I'm talking about when they were saying yeah. the record crowds. It was that that last one usually. Yeah, and uh, sadly we won't get that this year unless we get a weirdly rescheduled game or something. You know, some team drops yeah. off. But well, yeah, John, your 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 broadcast partner was also not helping the attendance by complaining about how cold it was every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, poor Jeff. First off. I love Jeff. I love working with Jeff. Um, he, By the way, he, former Husker baseball player Jeff Lisey. Yes, for those Jeff Lisey. Not a bad ball he, player. He still looks like he did when he was 21. I'm serious, man. He is He is still just as slender and athletic and young looking, and it just bothers me. <laughs> No end. It just it thickens, me. and so you know he just doesn't have any meat on his bones, and the wind's just going right through him. And you know me, you know, uh, you know, with more padding, I was fine. But yeah, it was it was a little chilly last night. Uh, I got the biggest kick, John, of you guys reliving the uh, Nebraska Creighton near brawl in the rain back at Haymarket. Do you remember Park. that? Yeah, absolutely. What year was that? Two thousand two. Okay, 2002. I do I do remember that. Yes. That was it was not that was the first year of the ballpark and mm-hmm. um I just remember uh it was an intense game, back and forth game and and you know, like I'm want to do, I always have the stupid radar on my computer and I'm looking at the radar and it's like Oh man, this thing's there's a storm coming. We better get you know, I'm like hoping that this game gets over fast because I've allowed to call on radio. And, and I was, I, I can remember just saying, I can't believe they're still playing this game. <laughs> I mean, you think about the lightning and anytime there's lightning within 10 miles, they are pulling guys off the field. And I mean, the lightning is right on our doorstep. And I'm, 
but but Nebraska's threatening. It's the ninth inning, you know, chance to walk it off in the game. And I think the umpires were just like, hell with it. We're, we're, we're pushing through. <laughs> and and it then it cr- ended in such a weird way because I still remember Simakaitis hit. He hit just a lazy fly ball. I mean, it was just a, it was going to be an easy out. But the wind was just howling out of south. Just grabbed that sucker and and just blew it away from everybody. And Nebraska walked it off. And I think just the combination of the intensity of the game, the frustration about the weather and all the other stuff, and then there was the confrontation and the handshake line between, uh, I think it was Steve Grazley for Creighton and Mike Anderson, Nebraska. He was an assistant coach yeah. at that time. Yeah. And it just blew up. And I just <laughs> remembered it was that was like, oh, my God, this is so intense. And then the rain's coming. And, yeah, oh, wild. That was that was that was absolutely crazy reliving. And I had kind of forgotten him. I think video exists of it. I think it's out there if you Yeah, you it was one of it. the rare um games of Nebraska Creighton that didn't get televised. Yeah. Um because most of them you most know, were more on NET the, at the time, yeah. Yeah, especially in the new ballpark where it was more conducive to doing television. I I, I don't know what the reason why is that they didn't have it on TV. At least I, I don't think they had it on TV. I was on radio. I've seen, I wasn't there, but I've seen video of it. So, I, I mean, I wasn't there. I remember <laughs> I, 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 I remember that I know people who were there, and I was thinking about the weather, and I remember it very well. I think I was listening to it, but I've seen video of it. So Yeah, anyway. it was, that was wild. It's one of my but, favorite memories. By the way, you were talking about uh, we were watching the, the game last night, and uh, they did the the shot of you and Jeff up in the uh, up in the booth and uh, Johnny my son uh, who knows John very well um, it comes up and your the radar is on your screen and he was like of course Bishop has a radar up on his screen <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize my computer was on but yeah I, mean, I did there I, could be I worse things on your screen but you had the radar that was up uh, we could see I it just, on your screen I'm glad it was that because you know it, most of the time half of my windows that are open are not safe for work so uh, hey how, how important um, you know, with where Nebraska basketball is right now, and uh, how important is that Derek Walker uh, decision to at least you know provide some sort of uh, some sort of inkling, some sort of possibility that things are going to go in a different way next year in in your mind? Well, first off, I I, I didn't. I guess I was always under the assumption he was probably going to come back, so it didn't come as a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, and we just talked about it with baseball, you know, when you lose so many experienced people, um, it's sometimes hard to just plug and play and, and proceed on. So uh, I think it is, I think it is important. You know, you got, you, you had uh, him returning and then the, the, the junior college, right? Ju- Blaze junior college. Yeah. Blaze yeah, Keita's Keita junior college and, and get in reaffirming his commitment, I think are two big um, retentions. You know, just just for anything else, just to show that, you know, the, the, the boat's not sinking. Right. And, and they've kind of plugged the plugged the leaks for now and they can actually build off of something. So, yeah, I think it is. I think it is important. You always like to see that. And and especially with the way Derek played down the stretch, um, it was he, he ended up really being one of the most valuable players on the team last month of the season. Well, the crazy thing is, with the exception of of Thor. Walker is going to be the first three-year regular player since, like, since the Roby since Roby and Palmer. There just hasn't there haven't been a guy that's been in yeah. in that program that's which to me has always been an issue. That yeah, person has You're, not. Yeah, you've existed. been the first one to point it out. You know, the constant roster churn and the turnover has been a bad thing, and now you've got someone here who's who's been through right. it. 
and and knows exactly what's expected of him from this coaching staff. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, uh, real cool. I, I didn't get to hear your your comments on on the Xavier Betts thing, and, and I, I still don't totally know what's going on in the background there. And, and you know, he certainly needs to uh, is making some choices, and and I get that. But man, the thing I don't get, John, is whether it was Wandale, whether it was JD Spielman. There's always this thing. You know, I, I'm always really disappointed. It kind of goes back to that same thing with consistency when you lose guys like that. And I was down with, and then there's always kind of this undercurrent of, oh, they didn't really need him. They're going to be fine without him. I just, I, I don't get that. I don't think that's the case with Betts. He was, yeah, there are other guys there. They got the transfer from LSU. You got Omar Man. You got some of the others. But man, he was, he was as, it, exciting uh, of a potential playmaker as they had on that offense coming into this year. And it, it's got impact. It stinks. I, I just never understand that undercurrent. Well, it stings on a lot of different layers. You know, it's, it's the fact you're losing maybe one of the most athletically gifted athletes on your team. It hurts that, you know, you're in a transition year anyway, and it was an opportunity with, uh, a new receivers coach who has a really good reputation to see how that combination was going yeah. to work. You miss that. It hurts because Nebraska has struggled recruiting the Omaha Metro and for better or for worse, fair or foul, uh, Betts was kind of looked at as, um, you know, a, a canary in the coal mine in, in terms of, well, if he can make it here and then maybe, you know, Nebraska can reestablish some, some ground there. And they still might be able to. I, I know that Mickey Joseph has really worked hard, along with some of the other coaches, to rebuild some damaged relationships in the Metro. So maybe that maybe that damage will be somewhat mitigated, but it doesn't help. Um, but you're right. You know, it, it's we wouldn't have these reactions if the next man up and the team just keeps winning anyway. Philosophy were in play, but it's not. Yeah, because the team is struggling. And not, and the next man up hasn't been as good as the guy you lost. And and, and with Xavier, we're still projecting because it's ob- he hasn't put up huge numbers yet, but we've seen flashes. Um, yeah, but, eye test was there for him. There's no doubt. Yes, about absolutely. It. The eye test. He passed the eye test. Yeah. you know, with flying colors. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you. It's it's never good when you lose somebody like this in, in state. You know, Omaha kid. Um, you know, and and someone you've worked pretty hard at retaining and keeping now that said if he has just lost his desire to play football you're not doing him any favors by trying to beg him to come back i mean it ends up it has to be his decision absolutely absolutely there's no doubt about it and i'm not saying nebraska's at any any fault here with this no at at all i you know i may have said differently about wandale robinson but um you know but it's it's just man it just seems like every year different reasons but every year there's one of these uh, these one of these departures and you're just like man that was going to be a key for next year you needed mm-hmm. that next year and um and 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 they're all a little bit different all right last but not least are you satisfied with the NFL's uh whatever this new I don't get any of the overtime rules anymore John and I was hard I I feel like I'm a smart guy but I had to like look up the overtime rules before every game now they're changing them again I know no, you didn't like the fact that both teams didn't get the ball. Are you happy with what they're doing for the playoffs now? I mean, I guess. Um, I'm, my problem is, I, I don't want to sound like someone who's ne- never satisfied with, with a, a solution. But m- my problem is that 
if 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 we're just going to go ahead and say that we're that we don't give a darn about CTE and we're not concerned about player health and safety, why not just put 15 minutes back on the clock? Yeah, I thought the NFL was trying to a try to find a fair way to end the game and b also make sure that the games don't last forever and risk further injury. Well, it's obvious that that's not the case anymore. So why not just put 15 minutes on the clock, play an extra period? That's and what I want. Winning at the end of the period yeah. wins. That's because what that's want. what we do in hockey. Or I'm mean, sorry, that's what we do in basketball. Um, but I, 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 I mean, it's better than what they had. So I guess I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't complain too much. All but right. I don't know. I guess progress. I'm just a little disappointed that the NFL just always seems to go back on their word in terms of player yeah. safety. But from a fan's perspective, I totally agree with you. The 15 minutes just adding up. And I guess the question is, what do you do after that if it's still tied? But, um, you, you know, at some point. Thumb wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> punt, pat, punt, pass, and kick competition. Punt, pass, and kick. Well, then the Chiefs <laughs> will definitely be in good shape because Andy Reid's a veteran. Yeah, exactly. You could go to the uh, the old XFL, how they got did the uh, kickoff to start. We just throw the ball out, first roll, one to get to Roll the ball it. out, first yeah, one to get it. Do you yeah. remember who won the very first one? Yeah, what was, uh, oh, uh, was it? Jamel Williams? Yes. Yes. Look at that trivia. <laughs> but then I think he got hurt doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, John. Hey, uh, thanks for coming on after a late night last night. Have a good show today. We'll uh, check in with you next week. All right. See y'all later. There you go. There's John Bishop. 854. We'll take a break. Wrap it up to this on KLIN. All right, 859. Caleb, last chance for people to uh, get on the fishing trip with you and your dad. Yep, today is the deadline. Head to KLIM.com. You got a big old picture of folks fishing on there. Click on that. It'll give you all the information. Get a hold of Ballard's. Reserve your seat because today is that deadline to go fishing uh, mid-July with myself and my dad. And yes, that'll be kind of like a bachelor party trip for me as well because I'm getting married the next week. You come to Caleb's (laughs) bachelor party. How's that sound? That's pretty cool. Uh, tomorrow's ticket Thursday. We've got multiple Bon Jovi tickets to give away Whoa. in Omaha. Do I bring back the lie detector with the facts about us? We want people to go to this. I, I think I think it's got life in it yet. I'm not ready to give up, Caleb. Nine o'clock, KLI and Link.